Hello, everybody, and welcome back to She's on the List. I'm your host, Liv Charette, and I'm coming to you actually at a very interesting hour. It is currently 11.14 p.m. I never start recording this podcast this late. I'm more of a record the podcast during the day kind of gal, but I guess life or my neighbors more specifically had other plans and decided to renovate their condo. So whatever they were doing, I'm not quite sure, but it involves a lot of drilling the entire day long and basically (laughs) what it feels like rattling my entire condo. So here we are almost at midnight recording the podcast, but I'm really excited for this one though, because I just finished watching the brand new JLo documentary that just dropped on Netflix literally today. It's called Halftime, and it's all about her life. It's about, more specifically, actually, her Super Bowl performance with Shakira back in 2020, and just the struggles that she's had throughout her career, and just, you know, always having to prove herself, but always rising to the top in every occasion. And she's just one of the most inspiring people. If you haven't seen it yet, I highly, highly recommend it. That's kind of what we're going to be diving into a little bit more today. I don't know what it is about these kinds of documentaries, but I love the music ones specifically, like watching artists like J-Lo and Lady Gaga. And there's a bunch of different ones actually that Netflix has done specifically where you really get this behind the scenes look at what it's like to be an artist and juggle all of the knives and put out all the fires and do 27 different things at the same time. It really offers that interesting perspective that I think not a lot of people realize goes into it. As an artist, for me, it's just so relatable to see these kinds of documentaries. And I think for all artists, no matter what level that they're at, I think it's all kind of relative in what you're currently dealing with as far as what stages you're on or you know, whatever it is, I think you can take something from these documentaries and relate it back to you. And hopefully it inspires you at the end of the day to just keep going and to dream big because, you know, these artists show that it is possible. But what I also love to take from it is that usually the people that are the most successful are the people that are insanely hands-on with their careers and have this vision like J-Lo or like the Lady Gagas of the world and just know what they want and aren't afraid to ask for it. So needless to say, I'm super inspired and I'm really excited to get into this episode today and just kind of talk a little bit about J-Lo and the J-Lo effect specifically because I think her story is just so fascinating. I love what she stands for, and I think she's just a total boss babe. But before we get into that, (laughs) let's do a little catch-up of the week. I had actually a pretty exciting weekend, I would say. Not too crazy, but I did take in a little bit of CMA Fest because, as you know, or maybe don't know if you're not a country music fan. (laughs) Every year in June, Nashville hosts the CMA Fest, which is this free festival that goes on downtown. They shut down all the roads and there's multiple stages downtown. There's also the big stadium show at night, which is not free, but everything else is 
and basically there's just every artist that you would ever dream of seeing in the genre they're playing on one of the stages so it's needless to say a pretty crazy time in Nashville to live here and to experience so when I first moved here I definitely took in a lot of CMA Fest and just kind of wanted to be fully entrenched and just get you know, the most out of it and had a lot of fun doing it. Now I'm a little bit more selective, I would say, as to what I participate in, mostly because it is always the hottest, hottest weekend in Nashville. It has that reputation of just being absolutely unbearable. And when you're downtown and you're surrounded by concrete, crowds of people, and just a lot of intoxicated people as well. It's a lot of fun. It's a great experience. I think everybody needs to experience it once. And then after that, maybe be a little bit more selective to who you want to see and kind of plan it out a little bit. So I feel like every single year it becomes more and more selective. I have more of a concrete plan and this year was more of a stadium plan. I decided not to take in too much of the downtown my little Canadian soul just couldn't handle the heat. And I was like, you know what? The stadium sounds like a perfect plan. I took in one of the nights and went with a couple of friends who are in the industry. And we went to the industry suite, got to watch Carrie Underwood, Luke Bryan, and Luke Combs, and a bunch of other artists from behind the window in some air conditioning, got some free drinks, got some food. That's my kind of night. So uh, <laughs> I had a lot of fun. It was a fun weekend, but I'm definitely still recuperating. So funny. I am one of those people that stays up really late regularly. I'm a bit of a night owl. I think it just comes with the territory, but there's just something about when you're playing a show. For me specifically, I feel like when I get off stage and it's usually, you know, later at night when I'm playing, I feel like I'm on this high. I'm super stoked. I end up going to bed insanely late, usually on show nights, because I'm just pumped up after the performance and kind of get high off the audience and everything. But there's something about attending a concert and then also having to walk two miles in the heat. Basically, whenever you go to those stadium shows, Unless you have like a parking pass and want to spend a million dollars to do that, most people typically park their cars somewhere downtown or like at the Music City Center and just decide to walk and listen. Two miles on a good day is like nothing to me. Two miles in the humidity <laughs> in Nashville, I'm just like, oh my goodness, just get me home. <laughs> But it was a really fun night and I'm glad I got to spend time with friends and you know it's been a while since I've been able to obviously go see concerts. I actually feel like I've been playing actually a lot of shows recently which has been awesome but as far as music goes and taking in concerts... I don't take any of that for granted anymore after a pandemic where we weren't able to play music and we weren't able to attend concerts. I definitely tried to remember to never take that for granted because as we can see, <laughs> the world is fragile and music sometimes can be as well. And I think we just got to make the most of it when the opportunity presents itself. So 
I'm very grateful that I got to go this weekend. It was a blast. But let's just say I really enjoyed my AC for the rest of Sunday. As far as the happenings towards the start of this week, I had a really fun Monday. I got to play a show at Roundabout Rounds at Live Oak here in Nashville. If you've never been to Nashville, there's basically this really fun row of a bunch of really cool venues actually on Demumbrian Street, just off of downtown. And you can catch a lot of fun writers rounds. You can catch some bands and writers rounds specifically are whenever writers showcase their songs stripped down and you kind of go in a row and do a song each writer and you kind of go in a circle. So that's sort of the idea behind, in quotes, around, and everybody gets a chance to perform three to four songs typically. So that was a lot of fun. Had a blast doing that. It's only Tuesday, and I guess, yeah, that was yesterday. I can't believe how fast time is flying, but it's been a great start to this week, and I hope you guys also have been having a wonderful week so far. Those were definitely the little highlights of my week. I hope you guys are ready to dive into this episode today because I'm feeling so good, so inspired, and so motivated to just channel that JLo energy in my life. And I hope that after this episode, you feel the same. This is the JLo Effect How to Create Your Own Empire, Rise Through Adversity, and Get Loud When It Matters Most. I don't think there's a single human being on this planet that has not heard of Jennifer Lopez, the J-Lo. I mean, she's easily one of the most successful women on the face of this earth. Not only is she a multimillionaire that has starred in nearly 40 movies, but she's also sold over 80 million records. She's definitely that triple threat kind of person that just dominates not only the movie screen, the stage, but she's also an insanely talented dancer. Not to mention the fact that this woman just seriously doesn't age. I mean, if I could look as good as her by the time I'm 52, I will have made it. That I will have reached my peak. <laughs> I love that JLo too just keeps coming back stronger and stronger. I think she's even more beautiful today than she's ever been and even if that was like possible she's always been so gorgeous and such an inspiration I think from day one when she hit the scene but she just keeps outdoing herself and I think that's like one of those things that I really admire in her is that and especially after watching this documentary is seeing her always try to one-up herself. I feel like she's never competing with other people. I think she's always trying to be the best version of herself that she can be. I really think, honestly, that is the key to her success. The fact that she keeps trying to one-up herself and looks at herself in the mirror and says, what more can I be doing? What is the next thing? And there's actually a really interesting quote that she said in the film. And I had to write it down because it related to me so much as an artist. And I think, you know, to a lot of people that have that kind of entrepreneurial spirit that they're looking for what that next thing is. And she says specifically, 
in quotes, you have those moments in this business where you're like, what's next? And will anything be next? And I think every entertainer, every performer, every creative person, every artist lives with that fear. I know this to be true because I literally deal with this almost every single day. And it's funny also to talk to other creatives that are in this business because you think once you reach a certain level, you know, those big goals that you have, those big visions that you have for yourself, oftentimes you're like, when I reach that goal, when I'm there, I'll know that I've made it. And I think the reality is no matter what level you're at, whenever you do hit those pivotal milestones in your career, you're there and you enjoy the view, but you're still asking yourself, what is the next thing? There's got to be something more. Because I think as driven individuals, we're always looking to see, you know, what more can we do? There's got to be something at the end of the road. And I think that's really the secret to having a long-lasting career like somebody like JLo, because she keeps asking herself those kinds of questions. And I think, too, whenever you are a really driven person, a goal is something that is a motivator. And I don't think that there's ever a time that we ever feel like we've learned everything or that we've checked off every single box. But like I said, as an artist and as somebody who definitely struggles with what more could I be doing? There's got to be something else, you know? And oftentimes I look back on things that, you know, when I first moved to Nashville that I thought, oh my gosh, if only I could have this or if only I could play this show or if only I had management or something like that. And now I look at the things that I've been able to do in my career and I'm like, you know, little me coming to Nashville, little green, naive me would have been so, so thrilled to be where I am now. And I think it's those moments where you have to kind of take a moment and say, you know what, I am doing a really great job and I need to also enjoy the journey and not to get on a total tangent about this, but for me, I just really related to that specific quote that she said, and it gave me comfort to know too that people that have reached ultimate goals, you know, things that us as artists or creatives or anybody that's an actor or a dancer, like JLo's achieved stuff that people only dream of achieving in a lifetime. You know, one of the things that she's achieved in a lifetime, we hope to maybe be able to achieve ourselves. And I think it gives me comfort to know that she's always looking for what the next thing is. And will we ever truly be satisfied as people that are creatives and driven people? Probably not, but I think it's being able to enjoy the journey because not to get deep, but it really is the destination itself. Before we get into more of the documentary, I just realized that I haven't really explained what the JLo effect is. And believe it or not, this is actually a phrase that you can find in the Urban Dictionary. It's very much a thing, and I didn't really realize this, that it's something that's kind of like a, a trending topic or like that people will even use in like their Instagram captions. <laughs> but the JLo effect is, in quotes, hard to define, but easy to identify. Generally speaking, it refers to the ways in which JLo 52 defies almost every human standard. 
beauty, success, age, flexibility, relevance, you name it. The expression has been evoked at various points in her career, often to express awe. This is from the New York Times themselves, which I mean, I couldn't have said it any better myself. There's also a quote from the Huffington Post that I actually think is kind of funny. They said, in quotes, you're defying age and almost every other human standard. Congrats, you've unlocked the JLo effect. You've set the bar higher for everyone else. JLo effect once again. You're dating a man whose hotness has now multiplied because of you. Ding, 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 JLo effect. They go on to say, in quotes, though she's had her fair share of flops too, JLo has been able to do something other celebrities with a 30-year career have not stayed relevant. I find it interesting that they use the word flops because I don't really think that JLo has ever really had a true flop in her career. I think she's one of those celebrities that has been victim to the press and a lot of times not being understood by the world in a sense that she's so talented in so many different things. It kind of reminds me actually of the podcast episode I recorded a few episodes back about college and not being able to do multiple things at once as a creative. For me, one of my struggles was, you know, going to college in music business and also being taken seriously as a full-time musician. Like people didn't really understand the fact that I could juggle two things and do them seamlessly well together at the same time and be successful in both. You know, to be on the dean's list and also be able to have a full-time music career recording, writing, and doing all that stuff. And I think JLo is kind of in a similar situation in her life that She's insanely talented when it comes to not only being a singer, having multiple hits, and being a super talented actress, being in some iconic movies, and not to mention the fact that she's an incredible dancer. She's the triple threat of this generation, and I think a lot of times when it comes to the entertainment business and people wanting to put you into a category like okay, are you an actress? Well, no, you also sing. And oh, also you're like a professional dancer. So like, I don't know where to put you. I think that's one of the things that has been interesting in her career because I think she's extremely misunderstood in the sense that people don't think that somebody can be that talented almost. That's almost her detriment is the fact that she's so great at so many different things. Also, she's a producer, like she's produced her own movies, like Hustlers, (laughs) which was also a really great movie. If you haven't seen it yet, definitely recommend. But I think people just struggle with the idea that she does all of these things. Something's got to suffer. And I think, especially I think on the acting front and as far as nominations go, I think that's been a struggle for her because people are like, oh, she's not a serious actress because she's also going on tour and she's selling out venues and da 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 da. She's just the singer that also just happens to act. And I don't think that's the case at all. I think she's always taken every facet of her career really seriously and has always invested herself 100% into everything that she does. Whenever you watch this movie, you'll see just how much rehearsing goes into everything. And she really does juggle like three careers at the same time. 
in the section of the documentary when they talk about Hustlers and the fact that she finally got nominated for a Golden Globe. It had been 20 years, so her camp was super excited and also potentially expecting an Oscar nomination. And of course, we know now that that didn't happen. She also didn't win the Golden Globe for that role, which a lot of people thought she was completely snubbed for. But one of the magazine articles that came out at the time, and it kind of comes across the screen, and it says, Lopez is seen more as a celebrity than an actress. And then another one says, in quotes, far better known as a performing artist, reality TV judge, and tabloid celebrity. I just loathe that quote entirely. I think that is one of the most unfair assessments ever of J-Lo and just totally underestimating her and undervaluing her, just taking away from everything that she's been able to do in her career. But one quote that she said sort of as a response to this was, in quotes, the truth is I really started to think I was going to get nominated. And she's referring to the Oscar in this. I got my hopes up because so many people were telling me that I would be, she said, and then it didn't happen. And I had to ask myself, what does that mean? I think it's extremely unfair in so many ways. And I feel like actually there's a lot of talented people that do get snubbed when it comes to awards and accolades. And I don't think that people necessarily do it for that, at least the ones that are successful and are extremely passionate about what they do. You know, it's not really for the fame. It's not for the glory. It's about making connections with fans because you don't have a career if you don't have fans. That's the bottom line. You can have every award, but if you don't have fans, if you don't have people that will spend their hard-earned money to buy your album, to stream your song, to go to a concert, to support you, buy your merch, whatever it may be, to tell their friends about you, to be excited about what you're doing, you really don't have a career. And I think, truly, people that do it because they're passionate about it, people that are in this field because they love it, it's not about the awards. Awards are more something that, sure, you dream of whenever you are working your way up. I mean, I don't think there's a musician on this earth that wouldn't be excited to be nominated for a Grammy Award or an actor to receive an Oscar or a Golden Globe nomination. That is stuff that we strive for, you know, those are the big goals. But part of achieving that is getting the recognition from the people that are in your industry and getting that respect amongst your peers. J-Lo truly said it best in the documentary when she said, and I quote, I do this not for an award or to do my hits up there and seem like I'm the best performer in the world. No. I do this to tell stories and to affect change and to connect with people and make them feel things because I want to feel something. That's why I do it, because I actually want to make the world a better place in my own little way. At the end of the day, when somebody meets you, they don't go, oh my god, you have 12 Grammys. They don't say that. They go, oh my god, that song you wrote made me feel and got me through. When I saw you on stage, I realized I could be there too. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to be unafraid to get loud and use my voice in the best way that I can. Literally, that quote just gives me chills. I had to write it down because 
I couldn't have said it better myself. I'm getting the chills right now. (laughs) That's crazy. But that really is why we do what we do. And I think that anybody that is in a field like this where it's so unpredictable, I think these are things that we have to remember as entrepreneurs, as creatives. You know, it's not about the accolades and it shouldn't be about being famous. Remember why you do it. And that should be enough. You know, if you weren't doing what you're doing, what else would you be doing? And if the answer is, I can't picture myself doing anything else than what I'm doing right now, then you're probably on the right track because your intentions are genuine and you love what you do. And I think that's being authentic. Speaking of authenticity, that was definitely a trend throughout this entire documentary And honestly, throughout J-Lo's career as a whole, what I love about her and what also actually happens to be another part of the, in quotes, J-Lo effect, is having confidence to stand up for what you believe in. And I think that that's important no matter what field you're in. I think it's important as a human being to know what you stand for. And specifically in this documentary... It was creating the Super Bowl moment that J-Lo wanted to create. Not only was she dealing with the fact that it was a co-headlining show, which never really happens, especially for two women being J-Lo and Shakira, who themselves both have humongous careers and could have easily headlined the show each individually. And I don't think that the issue was having to necessarily share the stage because the two of them get along great. The issue was the time constraint that they were giving them, and it was going to be the exact same amount of time that they would be giving a single headliner being roughly 12 minutes or so because I believe in the show, J-Lo had exactly six minutes for her entire performance. They were also trying to limit the final number to about one minute long, which to me, I mean, I can't even imagine being one of those women and having to limit the amount of hits that I have and try to make a medley that isn't super duper rushed trying to get through all of those songs because let's face it whenever you're a big fan of an artist like you want to hear the hits as an audience like you want to hear those iconic songs so she's trying to work with her creative director and make the perfect mashup medley but also not rush through all of the songs and only give them like 20 seconds long each because It's just not, it doesn't really make sense. It's not satisfying. It's like, okay, well, I enjoyed like 20 seconds of Get Loud. Let's go into the other one. Like it doesn't flow super great. And again, her point is like, if we're going to have a double headliner, why not give us each 10 minutes? We can crank out the hits, put on an amazing show. She doesn't want to sacrifice anything in this performance. And I don't think it's a very unfair demand on her part and also on Shakira's part to want to have an equal amount of time, but enough time that a normal headliner that's headlining the Super Bowl would have. 
not only are they dealing with the fact that their show is cut in half in the sense that they each get that allotted six minutes worth of time, but they're also dealing with the fact of trying to build a stage that is easy to build and fast to build and also easy to tear down because that also takes away from your time of being able to perform. So not only are these women dealing with crazy time constraints that are insanely unrealistic, stages that aren't being approved and keep being changed. They're also being told last minute, literally (laughs) the day before the actual Super Bowl performance, JLo is being told that she's not allowed to bring the cages out where the children will be singing from, that she has to remove this portion of her performance because it's too much of a political statement. What I don't understand is if this was an issue, I mean, everybody knows what she was intending to do. They've been at the rehearsals. They've seen the plans. There's been PowerPoints. Like, we watched this whole thing unfold. It's months of planning. Why is it that at the final dress rehearsal in the stadium itself, now all of a sudden we have an issue with the message that JLo is trying to send? I mean, come on, people. Do you know how much goes into planning a performance of this stature? I am so glad that she stood her ground, not only for the fact that she actually wants to deliver this message and she's extremely passionate about the fact that she wants this performance to not only be entertaining, but to also serve a purpose and to stand up for her people, for the Latina people that have been through so much and that are struggling so much. Like she wants to make it a moment and I can't even imagine being in her shoes, having all of this built up stress, trying to sacrifice a lot and be okay with all of these things while also being given the moment of a lifetime. You know, it's what every artist dreams of being able to do. That is the ultimate stage, the biggest stage of entertainment, the biggest crowd that she will probably ever play to in her entire life. This girl stood up for herself. The JLo effect was in full effect. (laughs) And she said, no, This is not going to happen, she said, in quotes, to take out the cages and sacrifice what I believe in would be like not being there at all. She says that she stood her ground, asserting that the Super Bowl is tomorrow and we're not changing anything. If you're going to take anything out of this entire documentary, anything out of JLo's career, I think this is it. Never be afraid to stand up for what you believe in. Use your platform for good. I mean, she had the opportunity to perform, like I said, on one of the biggest stages of the world, or the biggest stage in the world. And she wanted to use that platform to be able to help other people. That is inspiring. That is what it's all about. And just like she talked about why she does this, why she's a musician, why she wakes up every morning and what fuels her. And it's to make a difference in people's lives. It's to sing songs that affect people, that help them through things, that are there for them when they need something or somebody the most. I just think that is one of the most powerful things ever. And I think one of her absolute greatest strengths, honestly, is just 
being herself. And I think that's the reason why she's been relevant for as long as she has been, why she does have the JLo effect, because there's something infectious about her. I'm glad that there's people out there like the JLo's of the world. Lady Gaga, like I mentioned, I think is also a really great trailblazer. People like Reese Witherspoon, really strong, confident women that show that you can do it all. You can do all of the things and be successful at all of them. You just have to be willing to work really, really hard and to lead with your heart and never, ever forget where you came from. Welcome to Bottle Service, which is the segment in the podcast where we give a little champagne toast to the cocktail or drink of the week and four products that I've been loving. This week, I wanted to give a shout out to my favorite poolside beverage since it's been so hot here lately. When you're sitting by the pool, you just need one of those really refreshing kind of drinks. So my go-to lately has been ranch water. Love this stuff because it's really light and easy to drink and it comes in a bunch of different flavors. I think my favorite is like the spicy one. It's kind of like jalapeno-like. And if you're a fan of White Claw or seltzer type drinks, this might just be the drink for you. Also, if you're a fan of Yellowstone, <laughs> you'll often see commercials of ranch water between this, so that's why I decided to try it because I am the ultimate fan of Yellowstone. Also, so excited for the show to come back. Like, I'm ready. Can we just bring on the fall already? <laughs> My first favorite of the week goes out to my Nintendo Switch. If anybody knows me, you know that I am the ultimate gamer. <laughs> I love playing games on the Nintendo Switch, and I'm so glad that I got this little device. It's been, I guess, over three years now, and I feel like I go through these phases of being extremely addicted to it, and then having to sort of put it down and almost forgetting about it for a minute, but I'm in one of those phases where I've been gaming more recently. It might just be those summer months, I guess, and just instead of picking up my phone at night and scrolling through social media, I've been picking up my Nintendo Switch, so I've really been loving that. This past weekend, I finally bought my very first Zelda game. I bought Zelda Breath of the Wild. A bunch of my friends recommended getting this game game so I decided to get that game and I've been loving it so far. It's kind of one of those relaxing kind of games. For some reason when I was younger I thought Zelda was extremely difficult so I never made that jump to buy the game. I used to have friends that would actually buy those little almost like gamer magazines that they would have to find out all of the secrets in all of the worlds. And it just felt like a lot at the time. I'm like, I'm more of like a Mario Party kind of gamer. <laughs> Stuff that's kind of fun and easy and more of like that escapism kind of thing. But I've really been enjoying this and I'm so glad that I decided to listen to my friend's recommendations and decided to finally bite the bullet and I've been really really loving it so if you're looking for a fun adventure game that's just like really great graphics really fun adventure and not too difficult but really easy to get immersed into it highly recommend Zelda Breath of the Wild 
Some other games that I also love include Stardew Valley, good old Animal Crossing, of course. And I also love, for multiplayer type games, the brand new Mario Party Superstars, I believe it's called. It's basically a throwback to all of the old Mario Party games. So all of those old reliables that I loved on Nintendo 64, on GameCube, and some of the ones on Wii as well. It's all kind of included in this brand new game brand new graphics and it's just a lot of fun so this is a good one for the entire family a game night with friends it's just a lot of fun if you've been thinking about investing and getting a nintendo switch i think the summer is a great time to do it it's also really fun to kind of play when you're by the pool outside and also you can obviously play it on your tv it's just a really good relaxing kind of activity and i highly recommend it Next, of course, is a beauty product. I can never do a favorites without mentioning either some skincare or some eyeshadows or whatever I've really been loving this week. And I've been on a mission to try to use more of my eyeshadow palettes and kind of switch things up because I tend to kind of get into the routine of using the same one and going with my old reliable kind of neutral eye sort of look. So this week, since it's summer, I've been having a lot of fun switching things up and doing more colorful eye looks. So on stage on Monday, I actually rocked a neon green eye, which was a lot of fun. And I put purple on the bottom for just like a little pop of color, kind of a la Katy Perry if I do say so myself. <laughs> but the palette that I've really been loving and kind of revisiting again is the See You Later palette. And C is spelt S-E-A, like the ocean. Ooh, love it. <laughs> it's like a summer palette. I'm not sure if they actually sell this one at Sephora anymore. It's by Violet Voss. But now that I'm looking at it, there's actually a brand new palette that I might just have to explore called the Flamingo Pro Eyeshadow Palette by Violet Voss which is another collection of really fun, bright pops of color. And I think if you're trying to sort of expand your eyeshadow collection, this is a fun one to sort of dabble into and maybe try some more colorful, fun looks that you might not normally do. I think it's fun experimenting with makeup and trying different looks and just having fun with it. It's a great start out palette if you're wanting to kind of try out some new fun colors. So definitely go check it out. It's also at a really great price point. So that's a bonus. Another must have for summer that's been living in my beach bag is this brand new towel that I got. It kind of reminds me of being at a super luxurious hotel. I feel like they have these kinds of towels and I don't know why I never really thought to get one for myself. It's this towel that is not only very cute, but it actually has a little fitted pocket that whenever you're sitting out on a lounge chair, you just put the little pocket over the top and it keeps your towel from blowing away. <laughs> I can't tell you the amount of times I've been sitting outside and all of a sudden this rude gust of wind comes and blows the towel over top of my head or blows it away when I'm in the pool and all of a sudden my towel is in the pool and now I don't have a dry towel anymore. It's also extremely comfortable because because it's really soft and I love the fact that it's really long as well. So whenever you fit it over the top of your lounge chair, it goes all the way to the bottom 
which is really nice because I feel like a lot of beach towels or bath towels, whatever you bring to the beach, I feel like they're always really, really short. And I don't love whenever my legs are like touching the lounge chair that probably a bunch of other people have touched and probably sweated on. <laughs> so this towel is great because it fits the entire chair and it won't blow away and get into your face or fall in the pool. It's kind of a pool hack, a game-changing pool hack. <laughs> Last but not least, I of course have to give a shout out to what this entire podcast was about today, which was the JLo documentary, Halftime. So run to your local Netflix and go check out the documentary. It's a really, really great one, and I think it will leave you inspired just like it left me inspired. Well, that officially wraps today's episode of She's on the List. I hope you enjoyed talking all things J-Lo and the J-Lo effect. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on Spotify Podcasts, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to check out our Instagram account for some fun updates on the podcast, some memes and all things She's on the List. The handle is at She's on the List pod. Don't forget to leave us a review if you you've been enjoying the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts can't wait to catch up with you again next week on whatever crazy adventures are going on in my life i hope you guys have a wonderful wonderful safe weekend and we'll see you next week on another episode bye y'all she's on the list